Hey, hey, my friends. Welcome to episode 172 of the Yours Truly podcast. I am your host, Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian, podcaster. Occasionally, episodes have been a little less frequent this year, but that's neither here nor there. I'm also an avid lover of all things fall, pumpkin, Taylor Swift. So as you might imagine, this time of the year is really just my peak level of happiness. Uh, Welcome to our September episode of the podcast. Today I am speaking with a very special guest hailing from Canada. Her name is JoLynn Martin. You will learn more about her and what we talk about in this episode here in a couple of minutes. But first, let's catch up because a lot of things have happened since we last spoke here on the podcast about a month ago. Pumpkin Cream Cold Brew has released at Starbucks. Interestingly enough, I have made my at-home version of the Pumpkin Cream Cold Brew before I have purchased one from Starbucks this year. We're turning a new leaf. We're trying new things. I might share how I make that on TikTok or Instagram Reels one of these days, but that has happened. Taylor Swift has also announced that Midnight's, her 10th studio album, is coming out October 20-something. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I know I'm ashamed. I should know better. I should know the date, but it is in October. I'm hoping for another like Sad Girl Autumn album. Those oddly are my favorite of all of hers. I'm a big, you know, Evermore folklore, also Reputation girly. So, ooh, what if she combined them? I don't know. That would be cool. Uh, What else has happened? Fantasy football drafts have happened, which is not something that I partake in not a sports person, but I have observed all of my friends doing it. There's been a lot of talking in the air about all things sports. I tell my friends I'm not really into sports. It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to watch or care about on my own. But if you tell me there are snacks and fun drinks and ways to socialize with friends while they watch sports, I'm there. I'm there, 100%. So I hope your September and your fall, the start of fall, I guess we could say, is off to a good beginning. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Well, I guess I should backtrack for a second. Before I do that, it has been a minute since I have plugged our free private Facebook community. This is a little corner of the internet that I host. It is called the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. And I want to touch on it today because I have recently brought a weekly segment back from a couple of years ago that I had stopped doing. Life just got busy. I had a lot of things on the plate, so we stopped doing it, but I'm bringing it back. And the name of that segment is titled Two Tip Thursday. Now, I used to do this in video format. It would be a live video every Thursday. I would pop on and share two tips on some topic related to intuitive eating or gentle nutrition or having a better relationship with food, whatever that might be. And this segment is still called Two Tip Thursday. As you might imagine, it still is going to pop up in the community every Thursday. But now, as I hit my desk, sorry for that, you know, crashing sound you probably heard on audio, but now it is going to come in a text format in the Facebook community. So last week, 
as I'm recording this. Uh, I actually have to go and post the other one today because I'm recording on a Thursday, but last week's tip was all about staying power. What is it? What foods have the most staying power? How to think about incorporating foods with staying power into your life. We gave a couple of really great examples there, some ideas for inspiration. So if you want more on that, you'll have to come join us in the community. And if you want more free tips coming to your feed every Thursday, come hang out with us. Again, the name of the community is the Yours Truly Goal Slayers. And how you can join us is by visiting my website, clairetuning.com slash community. That link will take you to a really quick uh, application that you will fill out. You agree to our community guidelines and my team and I will accept you into the community from there. But now let's get to our episode with JoLynn Martin. So I'm going to read a little bit from JoLynn's bio so you can learn more about her and her training and what she's about. And then I'll let you know what we talk about in this conversation. So JoLynn Martin is a certified personal trainer and group fitness instructor and body image coach from Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. I hope I'm saying that correctly. But JoLynn is a mom of two and is passionate about helping moms heal their relationships with food, body, and exercise. Shortly after starting her career in the fitness industry, she started to notice the dangerous and toxic effects of chasing thinness and finding self-worth in body image. After working to dismantle her own beliefs, Jolyn has now made it her life's mission to help women take back their power and relearn how to be the expert of their own bodies. You can find Jolyn on Instagram. Her handle is at Jolyn Martin Fitness, and she also has a podcast. I guess I'll tell you that since you're listening to this podcast, so it'll be really easy for you to turn into or tune in to her show after you listen to this talk today. The name of her podcast is The Non-Diet Mom Show, which I feel like pretty well sums up what we talk about in today's episode. But if you want to connect with Jolyn, all of the links to access her content and her podcast is in today's show notes. But speaking of today's show, Jolyn and I talk about how her passion for helping moms find peace with exercise in their bodies began. She talks about some of the unique challenges she feels that moms face when it comes to their relationships with food and movement in their bodies. She talks about how to get started with movement if you want to, if that's a desire of yours, but you struggle because you already feel so tired and exhausted. She offers some really good tips for that. And we also talk about her values when it comes to her practice as a fitness professional. What she values, what she talks about with her clients, what she centers in her group fitness classes. So I know I really enjoyed this episode. JoLynn shared so much value. I hardly even had to talk, which was really wonderful for me because she came with so much amazing stuff to share. So I hope you get as much out of this as I did. But without further ado, let's go ahead and talk with JoLynn. Enjoy. Hi, Jolyn. Welcome to the Yours Truly podcast all the way from Canada. (laughs) Hi, Claire. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks for being willing to come on and talk all things non-diet fitness for, you know, moms and humans beyond that as well. But before we officially get into it, we always kick things off here on the podcast with five this or that questions. Are you ready? Fun. Okay. Yes. (laughs) First one. 
Would you prefer a concert or a live comedy show? Ooh, concert for sure. Concert. Okay. Any one concert specifically, or if you're like, if this person or this group was coming to my area, I would drop everything metaphorically speaking and go to the concert. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I have so many bands I'd love to see. The first one that came to mind was Paramore. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe like, uh, I really loved Lifehouse. I went to a Lifehouse concert uh -huh. recently and that was, that was awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, I say recently that was actually pre COVID all the years, you know, are shrunk. <laughs> <laughs> all of them smushed together. Yes. I'm but a concept. <laughs> those are fun though. I, um, yeah. I like how both of those they're like slightly different types of music. Yes. Mm -hmm. is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Now I'm going to ask this question because when this episode airs, we will be getting into the fall season. So it is pumpkin related. I don't even know if you like pumpkin or pumpkin flavored things. If you don't, you can insert another fall flavor here. But would you rather do a pumpkin spiced latte, something hot and warm, or would you prefer the pumpkin cream cold brew? If you're a Starbucks person, they have like this delicious cold brew with pumpkin foam on the top. Ooh, I have never heard of the latter but I am a big fan of pumpkin spice lattes. Okay. You're like, <laughs> Maybe I'll have to try the second one. Maybe I'll yeah. Try. try the second one. It's, um, I think it's really tasty, but both of them are delicious options. Uh, I even love pumpkin spice tea. I have a, a pumpkin spice tea. I sometimes have throughout the year. Oh, I'm, I'm crazy. I have, you know, breaking rules. <laughs> <laughs> we have a real rule breaker. You heard it here first pumpkin outside <laughs> of the fall months. Uh, <laughs> next one. Do you prefer bright colors or neutral colors in the context of a wardrobe or the clothing that you wear? I'm going to go with neutral, definitely more of a neutral, um, wardrobe. Although, you know, special events, I'll, totally. I have probably the brightest pants you've ever seen. They're <laughs> highlighter, but no, yeah, as a theme, more earth tones, naturals, nudes in my wardrobe. Yeah. That's, they both have their place. Yeah. Totally. I say this, I, our listeners are not going to be able to see this recording. Jolyn and I are on camera. I say this as I'm wearing a hot pink shirt with hot <laughs> orange nails. Um, I'm <laughs> more of a bright colors person. What well, gave it away, but uh, I love a good neutral too. Okay. Final two. Do you prefer a sweet breakfast or a savory breakfast? Oh, I would say savory. Um, yeah, like classic omelet. That would be the number one. A sweet would be maybe five, 10 years ago. I would have always preferred waffles or, or <laughs> pancakes, but yeah, no, I definitely would say savory. Yeah. That's the hard thing with these questions. It's like both options are usually great. Just which yeah. you prefer. <laughs> and yes. final one here, since we are going to be talking about movement today, mm -hmm. if you had to pick one, would you prefer personally indoor movement or outdoor movement? Outdoor hundred percent. I do love my local climbing gym, which is indoors, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, outdoor, that's what I do the most. Yeah. hundred percent. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, if you asked me this question though, in January, 
I might lean a little bit more towards the indoor, but that would oh, be highly, so that would be highly influenced by the time of the year I was asked that question in. But since we're That's in such a good you know, point. late summer here, it's very pleasant where I live outside. So I'd prefer to be out there too. Yeah. You know, I just recently started lane swimming. I had a mm-hmm. whole a whole thing on my stories about it on Instagram <laughs> because I was nervous and I was, you know, feeling like, oh, I wonder, I, I was just sharing my thoughts about lane swimming and how I had this impression that, you know, people were going to be really competitive and it was going to be intimidating to go. And I was like, you know what? And I was thinking all the thoughts, pumping myself up and I turns out I love it. And I also realized people there, um, they, there's some people who just casually go back and forth. It's not a competition. Um, but there's one thing that I was like, you know, the nice thing about swimming in, in water, like, um, waterfront, so like lakes or oceans is that there's no wall to hit. (laughs) So you can just freely swim. So I'm like, "Mm hmm, that I feel like I can, I want to say both answers now, indoor, outdoor, yeah, I I, I want to say both for that. <laughs> I love them both. It's it's funny you mentioned swimming. I told you before we hit record that I live right here on the coast of Virginia. I live on um, the bay side, so the Chesapeake Bay. So sometimes I'll be sitting there on a beach, like lounging or maybe going for a walk, and I will see someone in a swimming cap swimming what would be laps if they were in a lap pool, but they are just in the bay. And as a non-swimmer myself, like, you know, I'll go for a swim. It's fun to, to splash around. I'm not going to go out there for a long period of time, but I wonder like, how do they know when to turn around? Is it like, <laughs> I'm tired and I got to make sure I got to get back. Cause you know, in a lap pool, like you're saying, there's that definitive, I start here and I turn around here. I've always wondered how that applies in a more open body of water. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great question. And I mean, part of that answer would be like a a perfect segue in today's topic Uh because it's, you know, about listening to your body and you don't want to run out of energy in the middle of the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, that, that will be a good segue really quickly on that topic of running out of energy. Something that we'll often see is someone will be on a float out there in the bay and they'll get off the float for whatever reason and it'll start getting pulled out and the person has to make the decision do I swim to the float and then rest on it to get back or when do I give up because my body is going to be too tired to return without it so you know the questions of living near water but yeah let's go ahead and transition crazy into dilemma. yeah let's go ahead and transition into our topic and before we do that cuz you're absolutely right we're going to talk about listening to your body when it comes to movement and why that's important i'd love first to just get a little bit of background on you what you do and how you came to the work that you do today Sure. Awesome. Um, yeah. So as I'm sure you'll, um, you've probably mentioned already, uh, I'm a certified personal trainer and group fitness instructor. Again, I'm from Kitchener, Ontario, Canada, North of you. Um, (laughs) I am a body image coach as well. a mom of two and I am, you know, passionate for helping moms. So I have a 12 week body image coaching program called Nourish Moms Healthy Kids, where we dissect our beliefs around body image and food and exercise so that once we can heal our relationship with these things, naturally we can raise body confident children who have a healthy relationship with, with food and exercise. So um, I also have a podcast, it's called The Non-Diet Mom Show. 
um, took a break for the summer to be with my kids. So I'll be airing some more episodes come the fall. Um, yeah, a little bit, I guess, about my past or kind of how I got into this work. Is that kind of where? Yeah, totally. You want to you want to go with that? Um, I guess, you know what, I'm going to I think I'll start here because um, this is part of my story and it and it's part of where my passion came for moms um when my so i had two children under the age of two and when my son was about one i felt like i needed a little me time and i think your mom listeners will will know what that feels like um so long story short i I joined a woman's gym and absolutely loved the community i felt so good mentally and physically after more refreshed i felt more patient you know more emotionally regulated um from moving my body just simply as that and I guess for a little for like an hour it felt nice to be more than a mom for like as my identity right uh-huh. you know and um and that's really where this passion for movement um came from was just this this mental health feeling great in my body so fast forward I ended up becoming um certified and working for this same gym and I remember um during certification process there was a pro trainer who told our cohort now listen your body is your business card and and i remember like at the time being like oh yeah i guess that makes sense i mean the gym i work at was a weight loss transformation gym that's what they would call themselves and so at that time i was like i guess that makes sense and 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 i didn't realize how much that those words really impacted me and my life um, in that moment, but it really became um, this, it's really started this disordered relationship with my body. And, and I guess it was, mine was a little later in life, but um, now behind the scenes at this gym, I really started to see a lot of toxic stuff going on. with this large focus on transformation, right? The whole, you know, before and after photos, the the fat loss challenges and stuff, um, and, you know, quote, success stories. Um, I started to see this theme going on through these programs and women were coming out the other side with these disordered eating habits. And that's terminology I hadn't learned until much later. Um, But there was this sort of like false confidence that would only last so long as they kept you know, fitting in their jeans or staying at a, a number on the scale. And um, I just remember one woman saying, we went out for lunch and she, I had a, I had a sub and she had a salad and, and her saying, you know, I don't know how to eat bread anymore. And it was th- this fear and in her own words, she said, I don't, I'm afraid to be that girl again. And that was, she was meaning the one who was more weight. So I was seeing a lot of these behaviors behind the scenes and I started to really question, are we really striving for health like we're promoting or is it health in the disguise of thinness, mm-hmm. right? Are we actually just striving for thinness was sort of this constant questioning I had, like this cognitive dissonance. I was like, I'm teaching this, I'm thinking this. Um, because certainly the success stories that were being praised were celebrating thinness. Nobody was actually, you know, checking blood work or like following up six months later on clients and, you know, seeing how they were doing mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. So yeah, this in a bottle, (laughs) this is, um, this kind of questioning led me to a journey much like I'm sure your listeners are on 
on learning fat phobia and patriarchy and beauty ideals, et cetera. Um, yeah, and I, and I think when it came to moms, it became really personal to me when I started to really see um, the messaging out there of, of like lose the baby weight and, you know, all the, like the, the media that screams at moms who are already, you know, doing so much with um, newborns and this just like message that it's all, like it, well, sorry, I want to say like, it's entirely normal and expected for our bodies to change. And this idea that's in our culture right now of like moms should stay or should get thin and like, you know, all these things. So yeah, I don't know if that kind of summed up my story, my like journey to this spot. Um, I can share a little more about like why, why, why I work with moms. Would that be helpful? Yeah. Before you do that, is it all right yeah. if I um, comment on something that you said that Absolutely. really stood out to me? Well, two things, actually. <laughs> the first thing, it seems as though to me, your story arc from where you began to how you got interested in fitness to where you are now, at least in my mind, follows a really similar arc to a lot of other health-related professionals who I know of, who I work with, even myself, right? It's a lot of us get into this because we have an interest, whether that's like a personal interest. I want to feel better. I want to learn more about this topic. I want to help people. And through the formal education process, at least how it was when you went through this, how it was when I went through nutrition school. I think a lot of us learn the harms of how weight centric a lot of things are. Like you said earlier, this is the second thing that I wanted to touch on. You said, I was told my body was my business card. I know our listeners can't see us when you said that my eyes bugged out of my head. I was like, no, or red flag. Cause a lot of the time, you know, in school to become a dietitian, I personally never heard that verbatim, but that very much was the implicit message, right? Yes. If you are going to offer nutrition advice, if you're going to be a quote, respected professional, you should look a certain way. You should look, you know, like you follow X, Y, Z advice. Now I want to be very clear. We know that how someone appears tells nothing about their actual behaviors, right? But that is so much of what we're told as professionals in training. And it sounds like that was very much your story. You got behind the scenes, you were learning all of this stuff and you were seeing, this is harmful. I see a lot of individuals who I'm working with having really negative relationships with their food and their body because of this information. So I guess where I'm going with this is I'm, always really excited and grateful to run into a fitness professional, a movement professional who has been through that. But now on the other side says that is no longer the approach I take. It's what I was taught, but it's not how I choose to help people now. And that sounds like very much where you are. Definitely. Yeah. And that I remember being in this place, really wrestling with these truths and opening my eyes to this world and being like, okay, um, I'm either going to leave the fitness industry because it's just harmful in so many ways, or I I can make the choice to, to change it. And so that's kind of the direction I decided to go, you know, a grassroots movement step-by-step, but I really learned through that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, as I say, non-diet, um, there might be other verbiage for that, but, um, you know, there's a lot of other people who are all about 
the same, the same um, passion as, as I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess this might be a good segue. And then I, I most definitely want to come back to what drew you to work more closely with moms. But I was telling you before we hit record that I thought it would be really valuable for our listeners if we share a little bit of your uh, core values. Um, this is something that I stumbled across as I was on your social media feed preparing for this interview. And whenever I find a movement professional, for example, who very clearly states these are my values. And here is how this is not a diet. I'm not going to ask you to step on a scale or move to lose weight. I find it really um, helpful as a professional who recommends health-related content, right? I myself don't really talk a ton about the movement or the fitness piece, but it's super helpful to come across someone like yourself who immediately, when I see these core values and we'll read them out for our listeners, but immediately when I saw this, I was like, okay, I would feel comfortable <laughs> recommending Dolin or your page to someone who wants to explore their relationship with movement, but not in a way that's going to feel harmful. So I'll let you decide. I have your core values kind of listed out here, but if you have them up and you would rather just share them. You can run through them quickly. You can offer a sentence about each, whatever you're comfortable with. I just want to give our listeners an idea as to what I'm referring to. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. That's yeah. really, that's really awesome. Um, yeah, I, it was hard to like shrink it down to five, but, um, I'll tell you the main reason I decided to create core values and it actually happened. So I run a virtual women's group um, movement class uh, to Tuesdays and Thursdays, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And at the end, there's this, um, oh, it's so much I want to say. Uh, <laughs> at the end of each movement class, I have a time for um, connect time, I call it. And it's just where we we chat about things. Um, it could be wins because I love celebrating women and, and having women celebrate themselves. Um, and I, I was starting to notice a couple um, like diety type conversations coming into the group. And I was like, okay, I need to put my foot down because this is like a safe place. I wanted yeah. to create this safe place. And so I sat down and that's where I was like, okay, this is, I'm going. And so actually now when, when I, when a new member signs on, um, they actually have to sign off that they agree to these mm. core values because I do, I do feel this, like I want to protect this community um, that I'm building. And so, yeah, I guess, um, so the, the five there safety first movement, education, diet, culture, free fitness is holistic and then community for change. So I guess summed up, um, creating the safe place. Uh, what my programs are weight inclusive, anti-fat phobia, anti-racist accessible for those with disabilities, LGBTQ two plus, um, supportive, and then body neutral. So that's a, that's a big term. Body neutral is sort of this, this pathway between body hatred and body love. Like it's removing this pressure to need to love your body. So it's just like being able to exist in your body, um, and caring for it. So yeah, um, it's about creating this safe space. So that's sort of the, the, the safety first message there. Um, movement education. I think you'll get this in any, um, traditional facility working with personal trainers is just commitment to demonstrate proper form and alignment, proper breathing. I work with moms. I have training in um, like pelvic floor awareness and core um, retraining. So 
yeah, it's, it's that, that message is really about, um, you know, listening to your, your body cues when engaged in physical activity to avoid pain and injury. Um, cause obviously your body knows best. So diet culture free, again, kind of comes back to the, the reason I actually decided to create these values. Um, and that is because of my commitment to change culture and to end obsessive ideal body pursuits. Um, so this is sort of for my community, we want to leave body comments and weight loss discussion at the door. So there's no weighing, measuring, comparing, no celebrating weight loss, um, you know, as this, this further stigmatizes and disempowers those in marginalized bodies. Um, so it's sort of this message of, you know, health at every size. So strength and health, they, it comes in all sizes, shapes, abilities. Um, and then on that, you'll appreciate this, Claire, with the work you do, but recognizing that there's that food has no moral value. Um, and so respecting each other through that and embracing all foods, knowing that everyone has their own inner guides. So yeah, the fitness is holistic is recognizing that fitness is not just physical. I mean, what we've kind of ra been raised to believe in our culture is, you know, at least let's let's think of like the stereotypical in the 80s it was all like the dieting and the um exercise classes and it was all like very correlated with weight and um when you think about why someone might you know exercise for weight loss let's say um which is very very common in our culture it's only addressing the physical and it's ignoring the other parts of our body so um, what this theme of fitness is holistic is about is, is a well-being within our four bodies. So I call it four bodies. Some people say three, but, um, mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. So learning to trust your innate body wisdom, um, challenging that negative self-talk by choosing curiosity over judgment. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of giving a synopsis of all of them. Is this okay? That <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love this. I'm just sitting okay. back and enjoying it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Put your hands behind your head. Um, yeah, so this, this topic is, is all on having that healthy relationship with movement um, and then taking away the guilt and the aesthetic pursuits behind moving our bodies. Um, when we do that, we're better able to really connect with ourselves and focus on ways in which movement really enhances our life, right? It better sleep, stress reduction, that overall improved um, sense of well-being. So yeah, that's kind of that in a nutshell. Um, and then Community for Change is, is talking about my mission to build a community of women who celebrate themselves, like I was saying in the, our connect time, um, who support each other and celebrate each other's accomplishments. And this is really where my the fuel of my work is, is like hearing people's stories um, you know, one lady telling, messaging me saying, I carried the dog food out from the grocery store. I'm so strong. <laughs> like where previously she might've needed to ask for an assistant, right? There's sort of like fun little, um, celebration stories. Uh -huh. And, um, and that's, and, and yeah, and I guess in that theme, it's just like celebrating normal bodies while fighting these unrealistic body and beauty standards. Um, another celebration I'll just share, um, cause she gave me permission is a mom who previous to doing body image work, uh, her, her little, she has t uh, three children and her oldest, let's say four years ago said, um, looked at Peppa Pig. It's a TV show for children and said, mommy, your belly is just like 
daddy belly or daddy pig belly. It's it's so fat. And and back then she had said she told us the story that she had said she remember saying, um, well, that's not nice to, to say that about mommy's belly. And now she's done a lot of work and and I'll, I guess like this kind of ties into, you know, working with moms, too. But um, she told me that her her younger child now, who's a little bit older, made a comment and said, mommy, your belly is so fat and squishy and round. And, and she replied, yes, it is. You're right. And, and my belly um, gave birth to you guys and it's, and it's cozy and it's soft. And like, she just kind of like, <laughs> you know, and so it's sort of just, um, it's, it's celebrating normal bodies. So that's really where the fuel is um, in that last point there. So hope that kind of wraps up the, the core values. <laughs> that was wonderful. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to share a little bit about each of those core values, because that really shows who you are as a professional in this space that you aim to provide to all of your clients and participants. I know a lot of my listeners and a lot of clients who I work with one-on-one, they have shared with me that even the topic of movement or what some might call exercise immediately makes them feel kind of uncomfy Mm -hmm. or wary because they have so many examples of times in the past where that has quickly gone into a conversation from a trainer or maybe a medical professional about do this to lose weight or do this to change your body because your body is wrong. So it's so inviting the way you talk about movement where it's multifaceted and here are all the different benefits. Here's what we stand for. Here's what we don't. And again, I'll circle back to what I said earlier about finding these core values on your page. Immediately, I felt more at ease. Speaking from a personal nice. perspective, it's, and I, I'm hopeful that our, our listeners will will feel the same way. I think as you're as you're sharing, not only because you mentioned this earlier, but even in listening to some of the examples you give, it is super evident that one of your main populations is moms people who have children. So I, I would love to hear a little bit more about maybe some of the unique challenges facing moms when it comes to movement or body image work and why so much of your effort is with that population. Yeah, this is a, this is a loaded question really, because it's, it's again, like you said, it's multifaceted. Mm-hmm. There's so much in it. There's historically, um, you know, stereotypical stay-at-home mom, 50s style. Like there's all these like layers that we've kind of been indoctrinated into believing. So um, I, number one thing with moms is mom, I believe moms deserve to be empowered and to live authentic lives, being themselves and pursuing their dreams. Um, I think that's, you know, it's, Growing up, you know, I had a I had a mom who really was self-sacrificial, and I think that was part of the religion we grew up, but also the culture at the time of like putting your kids' needs way over your own, and like you know, thinking you know. And so I think now my kids see me doing things like pursuing my dreams, and I think that's such a beautiful example for my children, who not only will um, expect that from their spouses, but also be that, um, and so. You know, I always have this thought, if every woman in the world were to wake up one day and suddenly decide to accept their body as it is, to exist in their body and to pursue their dreams regardless of what their body looked like, 
there would be this massive economical fallout. I'm sure you've talked about diet culture in in your podcast before, um, but this entire industry would collapse. You know, our economy, which again is has industries built um, around us as women and moms being afraid of fatness, believing our cellulite is a flaw. Um, I don't know the statistic, but I believe like there is like in the 90s of how much women have cellulite because it's just like a normal part of our bodies. Right. And, um, you know, believing that youth makes us somehow more valuable as human beings, these these beliefs that we've grown up. And if we suddenly decided, OK, we're not believing this anymore, it, our, our economy would be severely affected because of these systems in place. Right. So, yeah, number one, moms deserve to be empowered. The second thing is that moms are role models and we have that beautiful privilege, right? Um, I feel like I, where do I want to go with this? Um, I just think about, you know, if you even think in your own past, Claire, I'll ask you, like how old were you when you first remember trying to change your body? Young. I'm assuming it would be pretty young. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like those are like, you become self-aware of how you look and how you appear to other people yes. from a young age. Yes. Yeah. Like middle, yeah. early middle school, late elementary school, like somewhere around in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there was actually, I'll send you this study. I'll send you this link. Cause it's, it's sad is <laughs> without a better word to say. Um, it was a survey done in 2013 in the US and it found that 81% of the 10 year old girl participants, 81% of them, um, they were more afraid of being fat than they were of nuclear war, having cancer or losing their parents. And so that just is a pure example of the culture that our children are being raised in. And so, you know, we as moms, we can't help what our children are absorbing from media and Hollywood and society, right? But we can make the biggest difference in our homes by creating a safe place to discuss these kinds of topics. So, you know, actively normalizing normal bodies and discussing diversity, doing that will help our children feel more accepted and allows them to be advocates for themselves and others who might not hold the same privileges. Um, you know, we have this incredible honor to raise our kids and, and I call it our, this generational curse because I know a lot of stories of, of moms who um, had body hatred growing up. And so that, you know, that not, not putting blame on our moms, of course, but, you know, with the culture they were raised in as well. And um, so like ending that generational curse, the one thing I want to say quick before we move on from this is just that it's it can feel intimidating, but it's really not this big, scary, like have it all figured out and then have this big talk with your kids. It's really about the simple and curious conversations, you know, like watching a show on TV. Um, you're, I'm just trying to think of an example like, oh, isn't it interesting The the men are all wearing full armor for battle and the woman's wearing like a stockings and a, and a bra like yeah. and they're all they're doing the same job like hmm what would you wear would you wear that you know like just curious questions um does body weight have anything to do with whether a person is kind or mean you know how how do you think that person felt in that show or that book when they felt when they were teased about their weight like little little questions it's is really just creating that safe place for kids so anyway i'll i'll just sum up saying um yeah, that's 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 why I'm really passionate about moms. 
It reminds me of something that you said earlier in this conversation that I wanted to mention in my response. I forgot in that moment, but it reminds me when you were first introducing yourself and you were talking about one of the courses that you offer, you mentioned there something about working with moms to stop that generational cycle or the curse, I believe you're calling it. And that really resonated with me because all of the clients who I work with one-on-one in our first session, something we spend a lot of time exploring is how their relationship with food and even body has evolved over the years to get them to where they are today. And we Mm -hmm. often start with, you know, when you were younger growing up, how was food talked about in your household? How were bodies talked about? And really often, if not in all of the sessions that I have with clients, there's usually some sort of mention of my mom said this about her body. My dad had said this about the food that we were eating. Right. And it really is this generational thing that gets passed down year after year. So I think it's really cool and beautiful and all the positive adjectives, how you're able to work with moms in this very role model position, if you will, where they can work on unlearning the stuff that they've gathered throughout their life. And then they can start to pass that new information or that unlearning onto their kids. I think is really cool. As someone who is not a mom myself, I would like to be one day, but as someone who is not a mom myself, that makes me excited for the future as well. Like how can I start introducing these things in small ways with some of those questions that you asked? So it kind of brings me to, um, I guess my final question for our conversation here today, I always like to wrap with something that feels really tangible and actionable. Not that everything that you have shared so far is not, there's many stuff in there, but I am wondering if anyone who is listening to this episode, maybe they're a mom, maybe they're just a person in general who's wanting to have a better relationship with movement. Maybe they're wanting to move more or find joyful ways of movement that will fit into their life, but maybe they're feeling stuck. Or I know something a lot of people share with me is it feels like a really big hump to get over. Like Mm. I'm already tired and exhausted in a lot of ways. How can I get to a point where I can be excited about something that sometimes feels like it's going to be more of an energy drain from the energy Mm -hmm. I don't already have. Does that make sense? Do you have any thoughts there? Yes. It's, I honestly want to be very, um, very clear that it's not an easy, it's, it's a wrestle and it's not a black and white answer. It's different for everybody. And, um, in fact, one of the episodes on my podcast is called F-U-C-K Joyful Movement. Um, because of that struggle of because, because of that struggle and yes, starting something new always has this potential for, um, challenge. Like it will any type of movement practice and building consistency, um, is, is not always easy. Um, I think I, uh, like trying to wrap it around like a summed up response here. Like, I feel like I could talk all day about this, but, um, so you're saying people who have already kind of realized that 
you know, moving for weight loss is not working for them. Is that kind of where you're coming yeah. from? Let's yeah. Let's kind of okay. take this from the perspective of like someone is on board with what yes. you were saying. They are working to, or they have detached movement from the active pursuit of weight loss Beautiful. and they want to do more of that, but like getting over the hump of how do I start? Or it sounds super mm-hmm. exhausting. That's where they're at. So I have a, I have an acronym I like uh-huh. to call, it's called play. Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, it, go, it stands for past pleasure, leave the rules behind, apply new guidelines, and then why your body knows best. And so I find this, uh, this acronym really helpful for clients because it kind of has, it, it gives you these, these questions to ponder when you're going through this process. So um I love that we're we're using the language movement. I do actually use exercise, fitness, movement, all interchangeably myself, but I know that that can be a really loaded word for a lot of people, the word exercise. Um, So I do choose to more choose the word movements because our bodies ultimately need movement. Mm -hmm. Um, Our bodies don't need necessarily exercise in the mindset of what our culture would call that. So I'll just really briefly share what this acronym is about. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so P for past pleasure. And that's, a, that's a reflection on what did you enjoy in the past? What, what things in the past moving your body, what challenged you? What was fun? What was exciting? Um, if you actually go over to episode 14 of my podcast, the non-diet mom show, I have a meditation and it's reflecting back to your childhood and like imagining yourself, you know, running around with your, your dog or yeah, I don't even, yeah, yeah it's just kind of like this just a kind of a visualization of, um, of the feelings that you experienced as a child. And it's kind of bringing that to mind, um, back before, like when movement was about play and it had nothing to do with expectations on yourself or societal, you know, messaging. Right. So before we thought about, um, you know, earning or burning calories or like how much fat this running around chasing a dog is going to burn. Like, you know what I mean? That, that stuff that's been ingrained into us over this, um, I don't know, century. <laughs> um, so yeah, just journaling, like what activities and sports did I enjoy in the past? The L is, uh, leave the rules behind. So asking yourself, like, do you have any exercise rules? And these ones might be hidden. Um, I'll, okay. If you don't mind, I'll do a little, like another sure. little, um, <laughs> shout out to myself. Um, I have a quiz. It's called what type of exerciser are you? And that's in my, uh, my Instagram link. And the reason I, I mentioned that is because it actually, it goes through some common questions that you might not even notice mm-hmm. that are um, rules that you have for yourself. And sometimes just seeing that and be like, huh, I didn't realize that I still had this, this rule. Or, you know, I didn't realize I still saw movement as a form of compensation in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where it comes to awareness and then curiosity about what rules you have. Um, Like, I'll give you an example just for your listeners. Like one that I held for a while was if I don't sweat, it doesn't count. Um, (laughs) You've heard that one. Yeah, I've heard that one. (laughs) Um, Like if I don't work out for two weeks, I'll lose all my progress. You know, I have, if, if I, um, if I don't feel sore the next day, I didn't count if, you know, the stuff like that. Um, and so just kind of questioning, what are your motives or what are your intentions behind moving your body? Um, because like, again, I'm always going to bring this back to the theme word here, empowerment, because do you need to exercise? No. Do you need to strive for anything for health? Never. Like you don't need to, these are not required to exist as human beings. 
so it's always coming back to why and and that choice that you have um oh i'll say this one thing because actually someone else told me that this was a helpful question for them that they asked themselves um and it was would i still do this if it didn't make me tone up or lose weight and i mm -hmm. found like that was a really helpful question for her she mentioned um and i, I love that one so then a for apply new guidelines um like I said before, all movement counts. Our body, you know, it helps us bring new oxygen to our blood. Any type of like moving, even putting dishes in the dishwasher, you're like moving your body and it's and it's enhancing and enriching your life because of that that movement. Um, and it has nothing to do with, you know, the weight loss and stuff. So kind of back to my core values is like focusing on the four bodies. So yeah, um, uh, physically like better sleep and less feeling less winded feeling more flexible like the strong bones the strong heart strong muscles right um mentally and emotionally is like think about the the positives of moving our body like stress reduction better regulated emotions and mood um and then spiritually it kind of already said but like improved overall sense of wellness um it can exercise can bring clarity and calmness to mind right and um and I'm sure you talk about this with your intuitive eating, but like exercise is a way to bring in interceptive awareness and connection to yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so it's definitely a spiritual practice. Uh, not all exercise is good, uh, despite what you have heard in your, in our culture, right? Like not, not, there's always this theme of like, you never regret a workout. It's like, well, that's not true. <laughs> you can sometimes regret a workout yeah, and yeah. It, you might, you might needed, you might have needed rest more than that workout. Um, and then, sorry, yeah, finally, I feel like I'm just oversharing. Um, your body knows best, and that's always what it comes down to. Um, and, it, and that connection to your body um, before each and every workout. In fact, in my classes, I, I'll do like a warm up and a stretch, and then I'll always say, okay, this is 60 seconds you have. Listen to your body, whatever stretches your body needs right now, get into that mindset, and then we start the actual circuit. Um, and asking yourself like how am i feeling today um how can movement enhance my desired feeling so it's a big part of having self-compassion and kindness towards yourself and um and knowing that it doesn't have to be perfect and it definitely won't be um and yeah like i said before starting a new routine and, and developing new habits any habit it's never easy and you can expect to miss weeks or days or months, right? Um, but that doesn't determine anything about you. Um, I'm gonna see if I wanna, th I'm just thinking of anything else I wanna say. Yeah, I think if in final, like what I, what I wanna kind of <laughs> sum it all up in is like focus on minimum baseline. So like going for five minutes, going for like a five minute walk a day. Um, something that you can already commit to instead of thinking this like big picture because sometimes it feels we still have these big picture ideas that like i want to i want to go like i told you my example of lane swimming um i was like well what if i like get tired after five minutes and these are still my thoughts like these are still thoughts that i'm aware i'm having what if i'm i'm tired of for five minutes like what will people think of me if I leave? And I was just like, I had to coach myself being like, you know what, it, nobody's really, nobody's really paying attention anyway. And good for me for going for five minutes. 
<laughs> yay, Joe Lynn, like you cheering on yourself and just being like, just trying, trying out things. And, and like five minutes can turn into 10 minutes next time. Or, you know, yeah, finding something that you're already able to do um, and then building on that. All of this, I keep coming back to as you're sharing, and you have so many of these wonderful examples like sprinkled throughout the acronym, but all of it is just so different from the version of movement or exercise or fitness that we are often taught and shown when we're growing up. Um, I feel like no matter the number of like movement fitness professionals I have on the podcast, it's always such a treat for me since so much of my time and energy is talking about food rule this and food rule that to hear so many similar ideas and concepts applied in a different way to movement. It's, it's really cool. Um, you shared so much value. I am so grateful for your time and for how thorough you are. I feel like I'm even like making notes in my brain, like, okay, play, (laughs) (laughs) look at podcast episode, Jalen mentioned, but, uh, for any of our listeners, cause I know for a fact, people are going to want to learn more from you, learn more about your offerings. Could you please take a minute or however long you need to share where people they can, or where people can find you? There are my words and um, what offerings you have for us all to get involved with. Sure. Yes. So um, I also run a podcast, The Non-Diet Mom Show. That's on any platform. Um, So you can find me there. Also, I'm Jolyn Martin Fitness on Instagram and Facebook. Um, So I'm sure you'll put that link Mm -hmm. in the show notes as well. And then um, jolynmartin.ca is my website. And if you'd like to try out a free virtual movement class, um, you can find the link for that on the website. Um, Yeah. And then for my body image program for moms, um, I'll be starting a cohort in October. So I think, I don't know when you're, you're, you're (laughs) it'll be before October. It'll be before. (laughs) But uh, yes. Yes. So, um, and that's run twice a year. So yeah. Very cool. We'll be sure to have all of that listed in the show notes so people can find you on social and your website. They can explore more about your courses and that cohort that you just mentioned. I'll make sure it is all there. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure speaking with you, Um, my listeners. That's all we have for you today. So we are going to sign off by saying yours, Julie, Claire, and Javelin. And that's a wrap for episode 172 here on the Yours Julie podcast. Big, big thank you to our special guest today, Joe Lynn Martin, for coming on and sharing all things non-diet movement and fitness for all humans, but specifically for moms. So if you're a mom or a mom-to-be, I hope you got a lot of good stuff from this episode. But as always, if you enjoyed this episode of the pod or anything else that you have ever heard here, it would mean the world to me and our guests as well if you could take a moment, however much time you have, and tap those five stars and leave a review if you feel so inclined. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you are somewhere like Spotify or SoundCloud, wherever else you might be, you can also take a screenshot of this episode and upload it to your social media, whether that's a story or a feed post. Be sure to tag me at Claire Tuning and JoLynn as well, at JoLynn Martin Fitness, so that we can both say hey and give you a thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you have a great rest of your September. I'll see you back here in the podcast feed in October for that October episode. But until then, uh, you know, I was trying to come up with some kind of pumpkin themed sign off, but 
I don't have one, so <laughs> enjoy your day and all things fall. Talk to you soon.